marketing tends to be a different craft and a good marketer might look and feel a little bit different than a great salesperson. If you want a really good marketing manager, you're probably going to be looking between 60 and $80,000 a year. That question of when to hire is really important. Number one, when you can afford it. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have on Tommy Richardson of Contractor Coach Pro. He does marketing training there and helps people plan their marketing. I'm excited to chat with you today, brother. We are talking about hiring and setting proper expectations for marketing folks. So my first question to you is basic. And we've covered this before on stuff, but I wanna, I wanna do some basics real quick and then we're gonna get into the expectation setting so that you can have a better experience with your internal marketing people. But the first one is when to hire and when to do it yourself. And then we'll also talk about when to hire versus marketing agency. Yeah, so <laughs> number one, when you can afford it. What is that? That's 100% the basic level answer. Yeah. But I would say the, the way that I train guys, we run 8% net profit is what we do. And if you want a really good marketing manager, somebody who's also an implementer, somebody who actually has the tracking tools and has been trained and they're good to go, you're probably going to be looking between sixty dollars and $80,000 a year to pay that person the right amount of money to be able to do everything you need them to do. What if I just want like a shitty marketer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want a crappy marketer, you're probably, you could probably get away with about thirty dollars to $40,000 a year. But... I'm just, just joking. I don't think anyone wants it. Yeah, I was going to say, but just like everything else, you kind of get what you pay for, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so, so that would be what I would say. Once you can afford that sixty to eighty thousand dollar a year salary, and you also have extra money on top of that to be able to continue to invest, because that one person isn't going to be able to do everything. They're not going to be able to create the content, post on social media, run the ads, do the Google My Business, do SEO. Yeah you know, run local service and do the website. Like there's no, there's not enough time in the week for that person to yeah. be able to do all of that at a high level. And I don't know if that one person exists that can do all of it at an extremely high level. I do, but I'm not really for hire. Oh, fair enough. No. And also <laughs> like I would need a budget for ads. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I would want a budget and you would want me to have a budget. Yep. for ads so as yeah you can't just have this one salary and then that's everything and then they you know yeah. and then print right print and truck wraps and all these yep. different things that are really good yard signs that we want yeah so those things have to be part of the budget as well yeah because we're talking about just straight digital yeah so like that eight percent budget on net that's that's your overall budget mm -hmm. that's not just your digital budget so let's say you're at about you know 100k is is your profit per month and you're at eight percent net you're looking at $8,000 a month is what you have to spend. Mm -hmm. You're not ready to hire somebody yet. Yeah. You're not there. You, you still need to be, uh, you, you probably need a marketing company where their management fee is probably between $2,000 and $2,500 a month with that same amount being spent in ads. So you still have three grand left over mm -hmm. to be able to spend on other forms of marketing like your print and billboards, truck wraps and things to that extent sure. as well. Yeah. And I mean like, you could do that through us, but it would be one service, not all three of our services, mm -hmm. um, like, for instance, Google Ad Management or something. But ultimately, like, that question of when to hire is really important because you want to be able to get somebody good. And the hard part is if you get somebody bad, then you're not going to believe in it later. And I ultimately want you to have a marketing manager. Mm -hmm. I say hire a marketing manager at $7 million and mm -hmm. have a 
a di- aggressive digital marketing team, like aggressive Google, like Google specialized team mm-hmm. from three to seven. But you could flip that too. Mm-hmm. You could not get a marketing or you could not get a aggressive marketing agency and just hire earlier. So you could hire at two million or three million up to seven million and then layer on an agency then. That's my suggestion. Yeah. But what is your kind of like what is your take on that? I would love if you have different if you have a different perspective. Yeah, so our philosophies are very similar, but I know every business is different. Mm-hmm. So the way I, I always train everything based off of profit margins. Yeah. Everything is based off of that and I and I do it based on the net. Yeah. So that's probably better than mine, but it's I don't usually have that level of visibility into those numbers. Yeah. So when, when I'm training somebody, let's say they are doing $7 million a year, but their net profit's only 20%. Well, you may not be able to realistically afford that, but let's say you're a $3 million company company, and you're at 60 to 70% net profit. You're, you're probably in a better position. I'm just throwing numbers. I have no idea. But you might possibly be in a better position than that $7 million revenue company is kind of what I'm thinking. Oh, no. I totally agree. And I, I like... The, the example I'll give is like we have a client, we have clients that do like direct cruise, like they have the cruise on there and they tend to have different numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like for, from my revenue, my normal revenue calculations and they're pretty aggressive for how yeah. small they are because they have, they don't have that pass through like subcontractor thing going mm-hmm. on. So those companies tend to be a little bit more aggressive if they're into marketing. Yeah. And, and that's why I don't, I don't like the 5% of revenue rule. Yeah. I, I hate that rule in marketing. Yeah. Now, for some people, it works great. I just don't like training it. You like ten percent. I, I, I like I like okay. very, yeah. I usually say average is about eight. Oh, sorry, eight. Usually around eight of net, which is going to put you if you do if your finances are the right way is going to put you at that five percent roughly of revenue. Yeah, roughly. It's, it's clear. Yeah, but it's more clear, and now you're actually basing it off of money that is in the account. Yeah. Not money that you're hoping is in the account. Yeah, that's good. All right, I love that. So we kind of then we discussed when to do it personally versus in-house. And I ultimately think you should be scrappy and do some marketing yourself ideally. I know that that's an unpopular idea because people are like, well, I'm not actually into this at all. Mm-hmm. But if not, sales and reputation have to bring you up to that amount where you can either hire an agency that's decent or um, a in-house person. Yep. And there's a lot of not decent marketing agencies. So that's where we, we, and I'm sure you do, you just see a lot of people that got burned. Mm-hmm. So how do you like, how do you coach people through that when they got burned by several agencies in the past and they're starting to just kind of give up on marketing? <laughs> it's funny you said every client I've ever worked with has been burned by a marketing agency mm-hmm. or is currently in the middle of getting burned by a marketing agency. And usually the number one reason that I see is setting clear expectations for that marketing company and what you actually want them to do. Uh, That's the number one thing that I see that's always the problem because everybody's like, just go get me leads. That's what I need. And it'll work for about 30 to 60 days and then it'll fade off Mm -hmm. is typically how it works. Well, that leads us to the second problem, which is, well, sorry, still on the first one, like, yeah, we got 30 to 60 leads, but all of those leads were crap. Well, all you said was that you wanted leads. You didn't truly define who your target audience was and who you were actually going after. Mm-hmm. And because uh, any marketing company, you can do this, I can do that. I can go get you leads all day long. That's not the problem. But do you really want that, you know, five square house that's four hours away? I got, I got 
three fascia replacements for you. Exactly, right? But, but all you told me was you wanted leads. I did what you asked me to do. So I think defining exactly what it is that you want in the lead. So I want to move this conversation along to make sure that everyone's getting what they came for here. And it comes down to hiring now. If we are hiring internally, let's say it's appropriate for you and your situation to hire internally. We were just talking to two gentlemen downstairs. We're at SRC Summit yep. about their process of what they're going through with hiring. And we're going to kind of talk about the things that they mentioned as well as what we'd suggest. Mm -hmm. But I just want to note real quick that managing a marketing employee is a little bit different than a lot of your guys' employees as roofers. Like... It's not a salesperson, and I'm not, I'm not gonna say we're all sensitive millennials. What I am gonna say is that marketing tends to be a different craft, and a good marketer might look and feel a little bit different than a great salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. Or a great marketer. Yeah. And in my experience, you can be, you know, like sometimes a roofing, the roofing sales guy or gal is a little tougher, a little bit more in your face, sometimes a little bit more aggressive. Great marketers can be chill and kind of like, I'm not saying that that's the only type of roofing salesperson, but you, you got people that are relaxed, people that are kind of chill, people that are a little nerdy sometimes, but they can be great marketers. Mm -hmm. And we had mentioned like, you're not just, they're not a great marketer because they got 500, 500 views or likes on their, their like selfie that's right. when they're an attractive person. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't count as like Instagram marketing. And really, do you need to spend time on Instagram? So like, you need to know who your ideal customer is. Yep. You need to know where they're spending time. Yep, digitally. And, and ideally, you're involved with some of this stuff. And you can also say, these are the types of activities that we want you to do on a regular basis. If you can define some things, if you can set some parameters, just like with the marketing agency, uh-huh. You're going to have a much better result so that when you're hiring, you're setting some clear expectations. We're expecting you to do a reel or a short form video every single day. We're expecting you to manage our outside Google marketing partner, or we're expecting you to be involved in Facebook groups. We have these activities that we have seen some result in, and we want you to scale them out for us. Yeah. That's the absolute ideal because it's really hard to take somebody, and I think you really can hire out, out of college. Yeah. Personally, I just think you have to be able to say, I have seen these things work before, and I want to do 10 times as much of them or whatever it happens to be yeah. is creating clear expectations. And then it's, you know, it is setting those KPIs. So from my perspective, those are good tips. Top rep. We're doing top rep. It's great training. So you got to have that defined sales process, check tokens specifically. I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company. But just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process to, in order to give you money. What else would you give as far as like hiring and setting clear expectations for marketers? So what I always tell people to do is, whether it's a third party or it's an internal person, you have a have to list, a cool if you did list, and a pay raise or a bonus list. Ooh, I like that. that that's what I always tell people. And I, I, can, I can't take credit for that philosophy. That's Roz with Contractor Coach Pro who taught me that. Yeah. So 
It's but that's how Can I train people. That one more time. Those are really good. I would write that down. Yeah. So you have a you have to be able to do this list. Be cool if you did list and you're a superstar. Get a bonus or a pay raise list. That's good. Now, your have-to list is going to be your longest. Your cool is going to be medium. Your superstar pay raise is going to be probably one or two things. Yeah. Because that's your bonus structure, essentially, is what it is. Yeah. So, and, and every company is different as well. That's, that's one thing that I've learned with all the folks that I've trained in the past couple months is everybody has a different list of have-tos. Yeah. And so, for instance, one of the companies that I was working with, their big thing was clear communication. That was their most important thing on their have-to list because they had been burned through communication so many times of a marketing company not reaching out to them. So their requirement and what they have to do is weekly updates on everything. Where They're not looking to change something every week. They just want to know where we are, what's working, what's not working. I want to compare my tracking analytics that I have set up with your tracking analytics to make sure we're tracking on the same sheet of music here. Mm -hmm. Whereas another one, his biggest thing was is that I don't need to be communicated with every week. However, I do need to see X amount of forms filled out every week to understand that everything is working. So that goes to the KPI side of it. The key performance indicator for both of those companies was different. They can change over time, but right now, one company is like, key performance to me is communication with you to know what's going on. And the other one is my KPI is forms. I just want to note that those are like basically the main things that yeah. we are held accountable to. Mm -hmm. It's weird in my experience as a marketing company, because I always thought if the leads are up and to the right, the graph is going up, that we will always retain a client. And over the, you know, the last five years or whatever, I've been very, um, I've learned that that's not the case. Not always. Because we can have leads up and to the right, crazy, clear $700,000 ROI on $50,000 spend, and we'll still have somebody go away and for various reasons, but one of them being like that communication piece and like customer service as a marketing agency. Cause I give referrals now and I'll be like, I know you want something cheaper. Here's one or two. The only thing I cannot vouch for is the customer service. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what you're trading off. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like some of them do a very good service. Some of these marketing agencies that are very cheap, do some good service, but it's hard to know when no one's talking to you, what's good? You know what I mean? And if you've never mar if you've never managed this before, it's hard to kind of look at a analytics or whatever and just be like, this is important and this is important. Like that's mm -hmm. why you need somebody, at least a monthly cadence with your marketing agency, I believe. And I think, you know, like ultimately we do that in a video format, but as an internal person, I personally would want weekly at least. I'd want the, the, the meetings, you know, on a rhythmic basis. Meetings, I know they're annoying. Marketing, you need a meeting, okay? You need a meeting and you ultimately want to clean up all that. Mis this is the thing I've learned about meetings. They're intended to consolidate all that miscellaneous stuff mm -hmm. that you would do during the week, but we have a meeting. So let's talk about it during the meeting. So it's intended to make it so you don't have to do 12 miscellaneous conversations yep. and you can do one where we're covering the 12 things. Yeah, so I'm in a weekly marketing meeting with Contractor Coach Pro internally mm -hmm. every single week. And what we do, our structure is, there, there's culture stuff that we take care of first, giving people shout outs, hey, you did a great job here. We call it player, player spotlights. Yeah. And then after that, we go into, okay, here's the analytics. This is what we're looking for. Did we go up and down? And each person is responsible for a different part. So sure. for me, my responsibility that I have within the company is running the Facebook ads for the different events and the things that we offer. 
So my responsibility is to go in there and say, hey, these are the numbers, so here's what these numbers are telling me, and it's either good or bad. Mm -hmm. we're, we're doing good. I know this number is down, but this number is up, so our cost per acquisition actually went down because we were able to adjust certain things and we cost were able to target better. Cost per acquisition for the non-technical. Yeah, yeah, ex yeah, yeah, yeah. Cost, per, cost per acquisition, cost per lead acquired, um, cost per appointment, cost per click. We've got, <laughs> we've got, we've got, I, I'm just saying, like, if a cost per acquisition, like in in your case, obviously as a roofer, is just going to be lead. Yeah. Yeah, a lead, and then like on Facebook, like you do have to pay attention to if we got forty leads and nothing closed, just watch that. Yeah. That's exactly. the one thing. Like I do think roofers sometimes yeah. over index on the easy stuff. Like it's easy. Whoa, we got sixteen dollar leads. Yeah. Just look at what it is. Like for instance, like Facebook leads. Sometimes you have the lead form. And like, cause I do like lead forms yeah. on Facebook, like not going to the website, just get their information there. But sometimes it's very easy to submit and you actually like, I've accidentally submitted something and gotten followed up for the next two years. Yeah, so and, and real quick, I'll keep this as brief as possible because I know we got more stuff to yeah. cover. But on those Facebook lead forms, the biggest frustration I see with companies is they get those leads and they're like, well, they're not qualified enough. That's why we got 40, 40 of these leads and then we didn't close anything. It's like, okay, cool. So what are our qualifying questions inside of that lead form? It, it's yes. got, it's, it has to be more than just name, phone number, email address. That's not qualifying a lead. For this project? Well, not just that. There's three questions that I've learned with working with Chuck Toki that are probably the most important three questions. Number one, are you the homeowner? because you don't want to deal with a renter, yes. first off. Uh, number two is, will all decision makers be there when our guy gets there? Wow. And the third one is, do you have one hour to give us? Yeah. We, we're not, I'm sorry, we're not necessarily concerned with, is it a repair or replacement right now, but those are autofills that cannot go in on a Facebook form. Yeah. They actually have to take the time to type those things Can in. Can you say those one more time? Yeah, so number one is, are you actually the homeowner? That's yeah. number one. Number two, will all decision makers be present for the appointment? And number three, do you have an hour to give us? And those are things that he coached our people. Uh, we, did, we did training for our, our clients, um, for folks answering the phone, things to include in that first phone call as well. And I just want to note, uh, top rep, Chuck Toki, yeah. there's an event at the end of February. Could you give a, I, the last two podcasts we did a call to action, but I do want people to know about this. So could you give the dates on that? Yeah, so it's February 27th and 28th in New Braunfels, Texas. You can go to topreptraining.com, go purchase your tickets. Today, well, I'm not even going to say that because this isn't going to be out, but yeah. there are promo codes where you can get some off until I think about 10 days up to the event. A little bit down the road. I know it's not going to be the, the number that it is now, but we'll have one and we'll pop it in. Roofers, you want at least five solid lead gen tactics building chemistry. Let's say you have door knocking, referral systems, job site branding, and you add in aggressive SEO, paid ads, and boom! Mmm, smells like more leads. Hookagency.com. Is there any other like things that you'd say? So we talked about hiring and setting expectations. Is there anything else you'd say for that like rhythm to be back and forth with your marketing manager? I see people that are frustrated with their marketing manager saying, oh, they're just doing this. They're just spending time on Facebook liking stuff for certain things and it's mm -hmm. not going to help us. Like don't have them sit there spending time on just like roofing industry Facebook yeah. for sure. Um, but is there anything like how can we... I don't like, I don't want your marketing manager to not have clear expectations. Mm -hmm. Like it's all about clear expectations because if you have clear expectations, they either step up or mm -hmm. they'll step out. 
Is there anything else we can do to create clear expectations? So uh, that's a two-part question. Number one, that comes down to making sure you have your have to cool if you did superstars. Yeah. So they understand what the expectations are coming in. Yeah. Number two, and this is something that took me a long time to learn while I still own Dumbs Media, was what are my employees motivated by? Because they're all motivated by something different. So I had three different generations working for me. But, but all of them were, were motivated by different things. Mm -hmm. So my sister, who was the youngest one, um, she just kind of oversaw like the organic social side of things, mm -hmm. make sure things were getting posted. So we had KPI set up for her. It's like, hey, if you can accomplish these things, she was motivated by experiences. Mm -hmm. So it was like, hey, if you can accomplish these, here's your bonus. I'm going to pay for you to have a four-day weekend at the spa in Asheville, North Carolina. Because giving her cash didn't motivate her. She wanted an experience and she wanted it paid for. So that's what we did for her. My other guy who was a millennial, he was all about how much time can I get off? And he's the one who did a lot of our Facebook ads and website stuff and all that. And I was like, hey, if you hit these, well, well I'll give you five days off paid vacation that doesn't go against your regular vacation. But you have to hit these certain KPIs in order to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And with my mom, she was the one who was motivated by the money because she's Gen X. That's... I'm, I'm an elder millennial. I barely squeaked into that millennial yeah. thing. So I'm very motivated by cash bonuses. That, yeah. that drives me because exactly. I can attach an experience or something for my children to that. Mm -hmm. So for her, it was okay, if you do X, Y, and Z, I'll give you a $1,000 bonus. Mm -hmm. So that's how we kept them motivated and kept them moving forward. But I could never do that if there were no clear expectations of what they needed and they didn't understand what that superstar level looked like yeah. at the end of the day. I really like this framework for the um, have to cool if you did cool if you did superstar thing because that's to me that's like going to be very helpful and I think managing marketing employees may be different than some of your other employees. Mm -hmm. The things I look for are fast to learn examples of previous work. Even if they're in college, they have examples of stuff that they've done. And if you don't know how to assess whether graphic design is good or not talk to somebody who is and have them look at that work. Because yeah. the last thing you want is somebody responsible for all of your design and social media and video and stuff like that who doesn't have any taste. It's really bad. So what I'm saying is like, get somebody who knows how to look at design and say if it's good or not, say whether it's good or not. And then... You can't train the eye, but you can train the skill. Exactly, exactly. And basically then... The thing I would say on it, in addition to those two is you want somebody who works quickly and does a lot of stuff. Yep. I believe marketing these days on social media does include quantity. Mm. I believe you should be posting every single day. And I also believe you should Im include some personal brands as part of the people posting. So I don't know how you do that. If you can get this person signed into your personal Facebook or however you would consider... Talk to Tommy about some of that stuff. Um, he helps people marketing plan and um, strategy and stuff like that. But I ultimately believe that quantity is part of the game. And if you're hiring internally that you want somebody who can handle a little bit of heat. So there's a different kind of person that's a marketer, mm -hmm. but there's still somebody that knows how to go hard. Yeah. And I and you, you might think, you know, oh, I got to maybe a tough guy or like a athlete or something minds the girl that i hired for this this other age this this roofing company she was straight out of college she 
she's diminutive a little bit. You know what I mean? She's she's can handle the tough, you know, the environment of a roofing company. So that's important. You don't want to hire somebody that's like going to get offended every day. <laughs> but you do want somebody that can get a lot done and quickly and ask the question this way. Give me an example of a time that you did more than some than people around you. Give me an example of a time where you had to sacrifice something in order to accomplish something. Exactly. Those that's, types that's of great. questions. Yeah. I love exam give me an example of a time mm-hmm. questions. I think that mixed with this list these three lists that you're talking about would be a great kind of way to set the right expectations and to maybe detract, attract a high level performer. What I'm asking you for you, for you to do is be open to the idea of in creative incentive structures to get somebody legit in your company. Like somebody don't act like this is a nothing job. Yeah. Don't act like we're going to get this $55,000 person and that's what they're going to be at for the next three years. And we're see if there's something that you could do to set it up. So that results actually mean something in their compensation. I actually have a great example of this when I started with ready roofing. Yeah. Um, so I was a, uh, I sold roofs with yeah. ready roofing and I sucked at it just so we're clear, which yeah. is why I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so Justin Woodruff asked me one day, he goes, Hey man, do you know how to fly a drone to go take photos of the houses that we finished? And I completely lied to him. That's how I got my first marketing job is I told a bold face lie, but at the time my daughter was going to be born in a month and a half. So I didn't really have much of a choice, yeah. but what Justin said is that I'll give you $50 for every deliverable you give me from a house mm. standpoint. So I was like, bet. Because we had like 300 houses that they had completed from Hurricane Florence. And I was like, bet, give me a list. And he sent it to me, and I mapped them all out. So I had it set. If I go work four hours taking photographs every single day, I can knock out probably 10 houses a day. Mm -hmm. So I make $500 a day now. Mm -hmm. And that was always my goal. Weather plays a factor into this. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But that's what I got started on. It was a per job basis is how I got paid. And it was only 50 bucks. And then it turned into, hey, can you do videos? And it was like, yes, I can. He goes, okay, so I'll give you $50 per house plus $250 per video that you turn out. Wow. So I was like, all right, cool. So that's how I got started. It was yeah. based off of work. And then I, I don't think Justin knew exactly how many hours I would put into work. Yeah. And uh, that quickly turned into a salary, yeah. <laughs> which was a lot less than what I was making on per job. But I was fine with it because I knew I had consistency yeah. now. So I went from that to making, I think my first salary was 50. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later, it went to 55. And then it eventually went to 60. So that's how I got started. And it was mm-hmm. there was a small structure because he didn't want to fully invest into a salary on something that he wasn't sure if it was going to work. Mm-hmm. I think now we know, now keep in mind, this is 2018, 2019. I think now we understand video works, social media works, Google, all that stuff works. Yeah. You know, so. Can I note something real quick? I just want to say, like, just because you, it all works. Yeah. But just because you create something doesn't mean they will see it. You know what I mean? Spending hundreds, spending thousands of dollars on every video, for instance, may not always pay off. Like it's a mixture. You have to promote the content that you make and you have to start learning the algorithms. So those are like absolutely skills that a modern marketer should be interested in, not just creating the stuff. 
Yeah. It's mastering the algorithm. Because it doesn't matter how good that perfectly polished video is, if they spend five days on it and you post it and there's 112 views, that might not have been worth five days of work. No, and to address the how much does it cost to get a video, when I ran Nubs Media, it was $2,500 a day. Mm-hmm. However many videos we get in and that. if you're promoting it with ads, that's different. Like that, in that case, like I believe that if you're using an outside company and you do create these polished videos, you need to be promoting them with ad budget. Like yeah. I, I believe that that's where it does make sense. Yeah. Like in creating nice polished videos, it, it does make sense. But if you're putting it out on Google or, or excuse me, Facebook organic and Instagram and TikTok and these places, like if you don't know how to get the views or you don't build the audience, like I'd rather you put out a selfie video five days in a row than spend 3000 bucks or or five days of your internal marketers time. Well, you know what? Five days of your internal marketers time, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what I've learned is that with the professional videos, that's for somebody, in my opinion, they're already a lead and you're trying to prove more professionalism as you go along. So that, that's the type of stuff that goes on your websites. That, okay, go, that, that, goes, yeah. that goes in your sales funnels. Yeah. That, that, that goes in places like that. And it can also go in ads. But to address the algorithm thing with all the like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever it is that you use, everybody's audience is different. So though me and you may be going after the same people, especially when I had my marketing company, yeah. we, let's be honest, we went after the same people. Yeah. We were indirect competitors, sure. right? But the audience, what I found is that if I posted after seven o'clock at night, I got more engagement from seven to 10 o'clock at night than I did any other time of the day. So when we posted as a company or when I posted as an individual on a professional standpoint about my business, that's the time frame that I would always make sure I posted in because I knew how to read the algorithm and I knew when my audience was on the uh, outlets. I just wanted to say something like if you are using a video in the sales process, Mm -hmm. then all the time is worth it. So I just wanted to kind of note that if this is like a question that people ask or an objection or something like that, and this addresses that objection, then more time is valuable. It's basically like who is watching this and is it really going to help us close more deals? Well, and, and how I, many people are watching it? Is it going to help us close more deals? I love, so I sat in on Alan Mick's breakout that he did for like 10 minutes. Cause I had to jump and go do something. I love what he said about video. Video is a tool, not a lead generator. Mm. And that is probably the most accurate description of video I've ever heard. And that is a hundred percent true. It doesn't generate the leads. It's a tool and that's it. It gets people familiar too, with your top people. Mm. So like scale out your best closer with video and that idea of like when they meet you in person and they've already met you three times on video, you're much more likely to have rapport. And if you believe rapport is important in the sales process, then video might be more than a marketing tool. It's actually a sales tool. Yeah. And I think just like you're saying, like if we create these videos in a way that's in the sales process, like that, that is the exception, you know, as far as like what I'm saying don't spend five days on a video that doesn't have a promotion strategy. The promotion strategy might be, hey, when we get a lead, we send out this video. Mm -hmm. Or before we go to the appointment, we send out this video. Or this customer has this question, say price. Scary, right? Then maybe we send out this video. 
like we have videos for all of the like those objections. Those that's that is a promotion strategy. As long as you have a promotion strategy, that's where to spend the money. Yeah, I agree. And I'm working on a process like that with a client right now in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, hey, we want a video, you know, a video series on what our process looks like. So that way, after we close the deal and they sign it and we're dealing with the insurance company, we want to send them a video that's like, hey, here's some things that could happen. Don't freak out. It's okay. We've seen this before. We're going to handle it. And if you have questions about it, call the number at the bottom of the screen because they have a different number for each division within their company. So they use it even afterwards when they've closed, already closed the deal, which I was like, that's, that's an amazing idea because you're continuing the professionalism and you're not letting your video stop at when the lead was generated. You're continuing to use it. But the last thing I'll say, because we've talked about a bunch of different stuff today of the internal um, none of this matters if you don't have a clear and concise strategy of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. None of this matters. And you need to understand what each tool gets you. Yeah. Organic social media, while it can get you a lead, if that's why you're doing it, you're going to be let down at some point. Sure. Because that is a brand awareness type of thing to get in front of people. Sure. If you're using Google ads and local services to close the deal, you're jumping a step in the process. Mm. So you need to understand what each one of these tools you have at your disposal for marketing is responsible for it. Because once you can understand that, you understand what your next steps are along the way, which is what I'm talking about this afternoon at SRC Summit. Awesome. And I want to kind of do the call to action here at the end for... uh, Top Rep, if that's okay. Yeah, dude, let's do it. So, toprep.training.com. Mm-hmm. And um, can you give us just a little, like, who's going to be there, who's yeah. speaking, that kind of stuff? So, this is the brainchild of Chuck Toki and Jim Johnson, kind of put together two of the best sales trainers I think I've ever met in my life. So, they, those two will definitely be talking. Nathan Thibodeau is going to be talking about the hero sales culture. If you've never heard that, you can literally Google it or you can YouTube it. And it's absolutely amazing. It's so powerful. So he's going to be speaking. And Top Rep's just one big competition, and you end up becoming the Top Rep if you qualify in the top ten. You get your black shirt that has Top Rep on it, and you get to go to, I think, don't – it's not a guarantee is what I think. I think if you get a black shirt, you get to go to all Top Rep events for free Ooh. moving forward if you finish in the top ten of, of the entire event competing with everything else. I'll be doing breakout sessions with the owners talking about marketing strategy as well. So it's two days and it is a full on commitment and you got to go get after it. There's another guy speaking at these events. Are you speaking too? Yeah, I'm speaking. Heck yeah, man. Uh, top, rep, top rep, I'm speaking about how to motivate your sales guys and your customers to be part of your marketing efforts. So I'm going to give you clear strategies, and I am talking to the owners. So if you're an owner, come to this thing. I mean, let's sharpen up our skills too, right, as owners. And um, I really appreciate you guys watching this podcast or listening. It's put on by hookagency.com, Hook Agency, all over social. And please like, subscribe, review the podcast if you get a chance. Appreciate you all. Have a good one. Peace. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain